everybody. We're back with another commission podcast, and you'll never guess it's the commissioner back again. He's he's on a tear. He's on a rampage. Yeah, yeah. He's been tearing it up. He's unstoppable. We need to get like the uh, what is like the unreal announcement in here. Double commission, <laughs> triple commission, uh huh. Commission gasm, whatever. Uh, so much energy this morning, man. I'm sick, so well, I'm bringing it. Uh, you're gonna have to compensate. I'm bringing I appreciate it. That I'm load. I'm loaded. Uh, so yeah, he uh, his. Uh, I'm gonna let him kick it off. He goes. Uh, well, someday I'll get back to my original goal of commissioning my way through Star Wars. I just keep thinking of other movies that are cool that I want to hear your guys' thoughts on. Uh, this time I'd like to request Three Ten to Yuma, the remake. Definitely my favorite western. Has one of those ending sequences that I can't help but watch over and over and over again. Three Ten to Yuma. Had you seen this before? Nope. Three Ten. Three Ten to Yuma came out in two thousand seven. It was directed by James Mangold. Oh, really? See, I watched the nineteen fifties one. Oh, well, you're fucked because <laughs> it's I. I guess I don't know how much different they are. It's. Did you know it was based on a Leonard Elmore film before we started? Not before we started. No. Afterward, I went and I I did some searching around and I saw Elmore Leonard's name come up and I was like, uh, that's strange. So I watched an interview with him where he was talking about how this yeah. was like. One of the first uh, short stories that he got published and yeah. paid for. Yeah. Uh, back in the 50s. Way back in the day. Yeah. Now, and then and, he got and if you don't know Leonard Elmore, he's the guy behind like Get Shorty and um, uh, Justified. He's the guy it, that came up with Ray Is Leonard. it Leonard Elmore or is it Elmore Leonard? Elmore I Leonard. get confused. Okay. Wait. Yes, yeah, Elmore Leonard. Did I say Leonard Elmore? I think you did. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> Well, that's from expected. Um, so there's just a lot of big names came together. Uh, James Mangold, if you didn't know, directed Copland. This is the first one that I'd heard, actually heard of. Uh, Girl Interrupted. Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash biopic. Yeah, then like he did that. 310 to Yuma. Uh, and he also went on to direct The Wolverine, the Hugh Jackman okay. standalone type of deal. Huh. Uh, he's he's getting good at directing Aussie guys because the, you know he, the, what's that? He's getting good at directing Aussies. He's like working his way down the line. He's got Mel Gibson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got his sights on him. He's going to do the sequel to Fury Road. <laughs> I I don't think that uh, uh, what's his face would let him. The guy who has the Mad Max franchise. Well, what's his face? George... going to be around for a while. Miller. Yeah, Miller. Um. Anyway, it stars Russell Crowe and Christian Bale. Yeah. Spartacus or not Spartacus? Jesus, Maximus and Batman, <laughs> and a lot of other people that you will have heard of. Peter Fonda, mm-hmm. Gretchen Mole, which yep. uh, you know I'm mostly familiar with her work as uh, Jillian on Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Foster, who kills I, it in this movie, absolutely kills it. I saw him the last in the Lone Survivor about the Navy SEAL that huh. survives this this crazy thing in Afghanistan. Yeah, I meant to look up his his career because i've seen him in a lot of stuff but i never really thought of him as yeah. being really great until i saw this movie sure he was also in a very minor part in like one of the x-men he played the angel character oh that's right yeah uh but he is a he's phenomenal as a crazy bad guy in this film yeah uh it's got alan tudyk if you're a firefly fan as i am just tons just tons of people great character actors great performances uh, Tudyk never really cast as a badass, you know. In this, he plays kind of a coward. Um, eh, I don't, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say he's a coward. Yeah, because he he does go on this he, dangerous mission. He's not a but, man inclined to action, but when yeah, when it call when you know life calls on him, he answers the bell. Yeah, when they need to get out of a tough pickle in Firefly, he can pilot the ship sure. real well. Sure, but otherwise, he's kind of a mouse. Um. But yeah, uh, 
I I was super impressed with this film almost from the beginning. Uh, it start and it has spectacular action sequences. This film, oh yeah, that keep it moving. And but it also I think relies and in fact the end of the movie, which I'm gonna not I'm not gonna spoil at this point. We might go into spoilers later, but the end of the movie largely hinges on a ten minute performance stretch by Bale and uh, the other guy Crow <laughs> Crow Bale and Crow. And I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I read in some trivia that Tom Cruise was set to play Wade. Oh, no. The big bad. And Wait, Eric, the big bad? Yeah. He could play the small bad. Uh, and Eric Bana was was going to play the Christian Bale film. The oh, thing. What man. is it? Dan, the farmer. Uh-huh. The one-legged farmer. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying... Th- Tom Cruise surprises me. Sure. Like I thought yeah. Jack Reacher would be a shit show. No, he's awesome in that. And he's a he's sturdy enough action here that he can carry like all the Mission Impossibles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know, man. I I was thinking who else could you put in these roles and have it be believable? I feel like Russell Crowe was the perfect choice for Ben Wade. Cuz it's it's he's a complicated bad guy. He's he is. Like I could see and he's had performances um, like where he played the mathematician, whatever that movie was called, where I kind of buy that he's a thinking man. Sure. Um, just on the face of it. So you don't really need to do a whole lot to tell me in the story that he is he's, or he, convince me of it. He's got a face and a physique that could be brutish. Yes. So you you don't have any problem buying the power. <laughs> Fighting around the world. Sure. I mean, that's that's a joke for a reason. It's Russell Crowe. He gets in fights. He, Yeah. He's, he likes to drink, that kind of shit. But, but he also has a thoughtfulness or intelligence that, yeah. that carries it. And then, you know, Christian Bale, I don't think anyone doubts that he can play complicated, yep. wide-ranging roles. But yeah, I, I don't know who else could be in that position, because as it was, there is a point in the final act where my brain was like, I don't know if I'm going along with this. My heart was like, shut up, nerd. We're, we're, we're buying this hook, line, and sinker. What if you took the other great actor from uh i I can't think of names joaquin phoenix what Mm. if you put joaquin phoenix in that role no 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 not buying it no i don't buy it Hmm. okay i'm I'm trying to think of all the things i've seen him in like the master where he's i don't know he's anytime i've seen him in like an action role he's always been like a petty bully and when he's hmm. been heroic, he's always been kind of... Now, he maybe could play the... Ba- Are you talking about for the Bale? No, no. For, for, for the for the for Dan, Wayne, yeah. the, the, I, I think he might be able to carry that off. Hmm, okay. What do you think about uh, why we're talking uh, Australian actors, Mel Gibson, for the Wade character? <laughs> not, not today. I think the Mel Gibson of today is a, a little too loose. Lethal little... Weapon era. Uh, I don't know. Like, so we just did Mad Max, right? And I could see him doing it after Mad Max, um, after the the sequel to Mad Max. But I, I don't know. Once he goes like crazy eyes, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Like Braveheart waving his kilt, his, his, I don't know. Sure. I, I just can't see it. Waving his claymore around. He, he's a little too crazy eyed for me. I want hmm. someone a little more steady in that role. And Russell Crowe pulls it off. But, yeah, I, I just, I mean, the whole film hinges around these performances, and there's a lot, like, there are big action pieces, like, there's this stagecoach chase where they've ensnared the bad guys, and there's a Gatlin gun, and like, uh-huh. all this, 
stuff that's just insane, but also historically accurate. I looked in and there was actually a Colt model Gatlin gun that oh, yeah. would do that. I don't know about the actual, I don't know where this is. I'm assuming this isn't based on true events or true stories. No idea. Um, but, you know, it's got the Pinkerton detectives, which also I last saw in uh, 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 Boardwalk Empire. Uh, the T- Pinkerton Detective Agency, and they're trying to you know bring this hmm. Wade guy. Here's the plot of the film: this man named Wade has got a, a renegade band of outlaws, uh, and he's got he's been hitting the railroads hard and stealing their money while they're trying to build the Transcontinental Railroad. And the railroads have hired these private security firm, the Pinkerton Agency, to stop him and bring him to justice. Uh, they finally capture him, <clears throat> and uh, mainly because he's kind of like this renaissance man. He stayed behind to sketch a pretty woman and they catch him. And the rest of the movie is getting, is taking him from this small desert town to a slightly larger desert town called contention, where they're going to put him on the three ten train to Yuma federal prison mm-hmm. where upon he'll be hanged. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, it's the interesting part of it all is that he's he's scheduled to be hanged. Right. But the rest of his gang is at large. They're trying to spring him from this. Yeah. And they're also like these guys are kind of like, you know, ISIS or or, or like the narcos. Like they just their 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 fear and intimidation is such that like no one really will stand against them, even law enforcement. Yeah. Like, if they don't have numbers on their side or, you know, there's, like, 20 of them and only five of you, it's like, fuck it. There's, it this isn't worth dying for. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I like about Westerns. I, I'm not very familiar with the Western genre at all. Um, but the stuff I have seen, everyone seems pretty pragmatic about things. Like, you know, I'd love to do the right thing here, but there are 15 guys with guns out there. We have two guys. And also, if we're I, all going to die. If um, I die, my family starves in this farm. Cause exactly. They yeah. yeah. Everyone seems a little more pragmatic. And and you can kind of buy that, right? It's, yeah. They're living in the desert. Times are tough. Yeah. It's a frontier town. Uh, then you find out that there's this man named Dan who uh, the his landlord is trying to screw him out of his land to get uh, to to sell it to the railroad and he's always finding a pretext and he, we we open the movie with uh, one of his roughs burning his barn down and threatening to do the same to his house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan is a one-legged uh civil war hero as uh, we find out in the beginning of the film. Yeah, and then we find out saying. more about his backstory and I think the interesting thing is you've got these men over this course of conversation. So Dan is offered $200 to be part of the posse to bring this Wade character to justice or to get him onto the mm-hmm. train station. $200 was a lot of money back at the time. And it would have basically got him out of Hawk from this, 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 um, you know, local land baron guy. And it would have been able to set him up for, you know, a secure future for his family. So he agrees to do this. Uh, and over conversations, it's weird. Cause like Wade starts off as kind of like evil, but he also has this cultured and, intelligent side to him mm-hmm. and dan starts as a kind of like this paragon of virtue who's always trying to do right by his kid but maybe even like he's too nice because his teenage son has kind of lost respect for him he's seeing him bow and scrape to the local powers and never really yeah. stick his neck out and as the movie goes on they have these conversations they kind of converge at some point where you know they somehow respect each other because they both come from these backgrounds of nothing 
Um, you know, maybe Ben's not as good as he made out to be. Maybe Wade's not fully as bad. Yeah. And whether you believe that transformation is what, and whether you believe these two guys have this unspoken bond that mm-hmm. forms what is going to decide whether you think this is one of the greatest movies of all time or whether you think this is just bullshit western melodrama yeah and i'm not i wouldn't fault you for either of those opinions <laughs> sure uh i i really appreciated ebert's review on this where he's he's talking about this relationship as as though ben wade is a man who hangs around with just a bunch of toughs who are kind of dumb and aren't on his level you know they're they're renegades they're not well learned anything like that and when he finally comes to meet dan uh they're they're kind of equals both in conversation and somehow in in ethos like they both have a thing that they stand for and yeah. a thing that and, and it somehow bonds them and makes them spirit. understand each it's other like it's like they have a yeah. similar spirit yeah uh so i i really appreciated ebert's review it was more nuanced than i expected from what I just viewed as an action movie, and that's kind of how I viewed, like I said, all westerns. Yeah, I, I also thought it was very interesting in almost like a Batman Joker kind of way too. <laughs> like this Ben's incorruptible Ben really intrigued uh, Wade, who is like kind of the Joker in the situation, and it was an exploration of like whether that thing, that goodness, can be corrupted, whether it will eventually have a price. What is yeah. you know. If, if, if it, it kind of challenged his worldview because Wade's like, I thought the world is this way. Here's this one man who's challenging my whole worldview and making me trying to, you know, actually make me kind of feel bad about the way I've lived my life, mm-hmm. which I don't think anyone's ever made, managed to do before. <laughs> no, they, they haven't gotten enough words in to do it. He just yeah. shot him. Like what would have happened if back in in the day, instead of being angry uh, but but I don't know. I mean, as you progress in the film, you start to realize, and I think we're going to start getting into spoiler territory eventually. So um, if you want to, if, if if you like Westerns at all and you haven't seen it, then I would stop and watch it now because there's there's some twists and turns that are kind of unexpected. Yeah. Um, it, but, it also makes you wonder about Wade's background, you know, like sure. he sees Will and I, I he obviously understands the relationship that Will and his father have. Yeah. Um, when a Will has been son the rancher's son yes and and when dan goes out on this mission will follows them yeah um and ends up kind of saving them kind of getting into trouble uh all of the above i like that i like that handling of a teenager they treated him like a inexperienced person Uh and he he sometimes saves the day and he sometimes you know more often than not saves the day than fucks up yeah but I I like that performance. Yeah, you get the impression almost that he is more capable than Dan's giving him credit for, or that Dan is so concerned about protecting his family that he's unwilling to let this kid turn into a man, I guess. No, and I Um, absolutely get that. Yeah, and I think Wade also gets that in this movie, and it makes me wonder if maybe he has a background similar with his father, or perhaps never knew his father. Like, or he starts seeing, thinking about why he's so attached to, why he's so interested in this relationship. I think he sees Will as like himself, and he's like, if I had a father like Dan, yeah, how would, would I have I turned out? Mm-hmm. And you know, here's where you get into maps of spoilers. Like, I think that's why he, in a fit of rage, killed all of his men at the end of the movie. Yeah, and then got into the cell because Nat's like, I think if if Dan survived that then 
you know, Wade goes to jail. And, of course, I don't think he thinks for a second he's going to spend more than two minutes in this train or this jail. No, that's the implication, right? He whistles for his horse. He's going to get out of there, jump on his horse, and ride off. But, yeah, but the fact that they killed him, now there's that, you know, a little bit of, hmm, what is, what's going what's gonna to become of this man, this, yeah. this boy who's now going to have to grow up in a hurry? He thinks he's grown up, but now he's really going to have to grow up. And also now his view of his father has changed, right? His father's a hero in his eyes now. That's the saving grace, right? Yeah. So you can see him following, I guess, his father's footsteps a little right. bit. Being but a good man. That's the thing, like, did you... I guess, did you buy that Wade would do that to his guys? Like, why do you think he shot them all up? That's a really tough question to answer. I I feel like it's, there's so much nuance in the relationship between Ben and Dan that I haven't figured out exactly why, because it's a drastic turn, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's a 180 attitude-wise for, for Wade. And I, I'm I'm not totally sure. Yeah, I've been noodling this around in my head uh, over the weekend, and I've thought about, like, okay, maybe it's as good as, like, Charlie Prince is, and mm-hmm. he's really, really good. Like, I'll put him up against um, – he, he reminds me of the Michael Bain character from Tombstone in that – although I – he reminds me of that in his, like, skill level and kind of way he carries himself, but – it's almost an inverse because Michael Bain almost had the in that in that role had the Wade where he was like this Renaissance man who's also a killer, hmm. an educated, cultured killer. Yeah. Whereas Wade here, it's like he had this extra dimension and he was fine to have these guys kind of follow him around and kind of indulge his whims. But it's like when they killed Dan, it's like they smashed a stained glass window. And for no reason. Yeah. And as a man who appreciates art, it's it'd be like watching someone destroy the statue of David. It's like, what the, what the fuck? You guys, with a sledgehammer, in five seconds destroyed what took a, you know, a master craftsman. I think it's almost like the, the offense mm-hmm. of it. It is, it is. But I, I still don't like understand. Like a truly good, a, a truly good man. Yes, but I'm I'm certain he's killed truly good men before. He's just never had a conversation with any of them, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if, he's never understood who these people were that he was killing. See, I don't think his worldview allowed him to consider that there were truly good men. Everyone has their price. Everyone's corruptible. Yeah, and even here, like you find out that like there's nothing really heroic about what Dan did in this in the Civil War. No, um, but and he's kind of sort of lived a lie. But that that actually bothered him in a way that no deaths have bothered Wade forever. Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, it's like the the fact that he found I don't know. It kind of reminded me of um, uh, like the Batman and the animated series. There's an episode where this one guy, this schlub, killed Batman, um, or everyone thought he did, and like the Joker wanted him dead because uh-huh. it's like you, you, there's this respect. If anyone's going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. But but. I don't know because there's. I always want to go back to Joker thing, but it doesn't really work with Wade because I don't think he wanted Ben dead. I think he wanted Ben to go back happy with the man, you know, the knowledge of this is the man who captured Wade to the extent that like that's that's at this is one point where like Wade was amused that he's going to pull that he's going to go through the charade of trying to march him through this town to this train station a half mile away through. 40 plus gunmen. Yeah. They're all going to try to kill him. 
But at some point, he's like, he gives up resisting. He's about to choke the man and like, you know, take his revenge. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's Fuck go. it. He's gonna ca- he's gonna be the man that catches. And that's the thing. If you if you have to get a half a mile dragging uh a resisting Russell Crowe, I don't think you can do it. Especially with one foot. Especially no, and while being shot at. That's so, where I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to believe this. But then it takes a turn, yeah. And that and and I'm kind of surprised that I believe the turn. And you can see the the looks on his gangsters' faces where they're going like why is he running hey, and jumping boss, across boss, rooftops? Just stop moving, boss. Like, <laughs> yeah. just get down. We'll blow this guy away. Yeah, it's really great. I love that part. Yeah, he's not even. And there's a couple points where, you know, Wade kind of joined the side of the angels, like when they got um, ambushed by the Indians. Yeah. Uh, the Native Americans. And, but he makes it clear it's like, I did that to save my life. And if I had another bolt in the chamber, I'd have shot all you, you know. But this is like he actually decided to do something kind of selfless and 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 heroic because he could have been shot in a crossfire. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, I, yeah, I think he's supremely confident that he can get out of this jail. But you don't know. You go into custody. Sure. You're, you're taking a roll of the dice. I think he was yeah. – he would rather die and, 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 and have Ben go down as the guy who – or I'm sorry, Dan go down as the guy who captured Ben Wade – in the eyes mm. of his sons and the town folk and kind of be a wealthy man then to keep living his kind of empty, meaningless life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I really love the end of this, not just because of the crazy action scene that they've got, but also there's a lot of heart in this movie. You yeah. Know? It made me want to watch Deadwood again. There's something in that, like, okay. you know, cause I, I, I'm with you. I haven't seen a lot of Westerns. I've seen most of the modern ones. I haven't seen like I haven't seen Tombstone. I haven't seen some really? big westerns. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You need to get on that. But uh, you know, I liked Unforgiven. I love this film. I really like Tombstone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were arguing about whether Django Wyatt Unchained. Earp. Yeah, Django. Wyatt Earp is the shitty version of Tombstone. Oh, is in it? My opinion, okay. the four-hour-long shitty it's, version. It's uh, well, I mean, I don't know. What makes Tombstone is Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. And I believe yeah. I can't remember who's Doc Holliday is. Oh yeah, I do. It's Dennis Quaid <laughs> is Doc Holliday in right. Wide Earp, and he just had the misfortune of you got um, Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp versus Kevin Costner as Wyatt Earp. Mm-hmm. That's a loser, and you got Vil- Vil- wait, who loses that? I'm not totally sure. Uh, d- d- uh, bad accent, man. Okay, all right, good. I will. <laughs> Yeah, no. I'm certain if you were going to say that Kurt Russell couldn't pull off a wider. And then Val Kilmer just kicks the shit out of Quaid's yeah, uh, Doc Holliday. And you've also got one kind of bloated, overwrought epic versus one very tight, action packed, you know, oh, con- you know okay. Western melodrama. We're trying to decide whether Django Unchained is a Western. I consider it a Western. Yeah, it's a period piece. I don't know if I consider it a Western, though. Like, in in tone it kind of is but like it's a su- it's a southwestern right instead of a west western yeah you start splitting things pretty fine cuz i've yeah, so so in in like the cabin in the woods we had this discussion it's an ongoing discussion on our forums yeah. where it's like you know coming up with that horror curriculum that we talked about and then it's like you know what is a horror film and mm-hmm. i'm like you know people are like well that's an action film this is that and like I, you have to make those distinctions like 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 alien Horror film, yes. aliens, action, action film. film. Yeah, and I'm I am supremely unqualified to judge 
what is right. and isn't a true Western because I haven't seen very many, but uh, I, I don't know. There's something different about Django that makes me not put it in the same category as like a Unforgiven or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think like what defines like the heroic kind of rugged individual at the middle that has to make a bunch of complicated moral calculus decisions like check, 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 mm-hmm. you know, lots of gun <laughs> battles and like stand, you know, standoffs and showdowns and like it's all that, that stuff yeah. is checked. Like I trying to think of what, why, unless you want to say that, I mean, you made a good point that like being down in the deep South where there is a functional rule of law, it's, it's an evil rule of law mm-hmm. it's a corrupted rule of law but there's like you can't just shoot a man in the streets and get away with it whereas yeah. in the western the you could roll into a town and kill every lawman in the town pretty easily yeah right like yeah yeah no and a lot of times the lawmen were outlaws like you know you'd have too, a guy yeah. sheriffing a town and who's wanted in this territory across the border so yeah it's kind of the the law's <laughs> been good and evil even Wyatt Earp I mean um I did some research into that whole that whole thing with Tombstone and the OK Corral, and there's a lot of um, historical salt on behalf of the descendants of the men who were gunned down. That like Wyatt Earp was essentially protecting his own business interests, and huh. and uh, you know he 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 had kind of corporatized the town, and he was kind of an outlaw himself before he came to there. So it's like huh. it's it's all shades of gray in the West, and I think Django is all about that too. So. I yeah, but I haven't seen a lot of the old westerns. Like I, I've only seen, yeah. and I don't, I couldn't tell you which one. I've seen one of a fistful of dollars, a few dollars more. Um, good, bad, and ugly. I, you've good, probably the seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hmm. Um, but it's kind of confused in my mind because I, I want to say I've seen the one where he saves himself with a piece of like cast iron stove. But I'm also ninety yeah. percent sure I only think that because I've seen Back to the Future three. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. And then you get into the the real westerns like Back to the Future 3, sure. Wild Wild West. The Wild Wild West, uh-huh. of course, of course. How can you forget? Yeah, yeah the uh, classics, you know. But I haven't seen hardly any. Uh, True Grit, another modern oh, yeah, western yeah. that we both love. Mm-hmm. I think we did a movie podcast way back if you look in the archives. That's one of the early ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I like it, but I haven't got any kind of like just con- continually embarrassed me during Breaking Bad that like there was so many references that Villigan was making to mm-hmm. the Sam Peckinpah westerns. You always hear yeah. about that, like the Wild Bunch, I think. Um, and I haven't seen any of that shit. Haven't seen any yeah, of the spaghetti westerns outside of whichever of the man the name trilogy I've seen. Mm-hmm. Heart. I saw the original. I don't think it is even called True Grit. That that uh, uh, John Wayne was in. Even had trouble coming up with John Wayne's Yeah, name. I did. <laughs> is Hidalgo a Western? Hidalgo? I never saw that. That was uh, it takes place more in, than skin, right? It, it takes place in like Saudi Arabia. Yeah. But he originally, yeah, I'm, uh, I am I, I like the genre. I like, I, I think it's a cool genre. It's another one that's kind of fun to, you know, it's all, it seems like it's always fun to put in the mix. Like, you know, Western's all in the steampunk movement. Oh, yeah. Um, you got you can you can mix mix cowboys and ninjas and pirates and that's kind of fun, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But I don't have a I, I I'm with you. I don't have a lot of the roots on, in under my belt. But I don't think you needed to enjoy this movie. Honestly, no, it's it holds a good up film. as an action movie. Period. Um, if you're into the western thing, I think it holds up there too. Uh, there were some some strange things in this movie that 
maybe we should talk a little bit about instead of just totally praising it. Okay. Uh, some weird timing on his gang, like riding back, like once they, so first of all, okay, so they, they switch out Wade from the stagecoach that they're taking to whatever, which was whatever brilliant. direction they're doing. Yeah. They, because... they pretend like they got it hitched up on a, a rock. Yeah. They get out, they switch hats with Wade and they bring him inside Dan's cabin. And what was cool about that is like, I thought I knew what they were doing about three different times before I yeah. finally figured out what they were doing. <laughs> uh huh. So that is a really cool sequence. So yeah, they, they switch him off. They, they send off a stagecoach in another direction and Wade's gang follows it. And now, the the tension there is when is Wade's gang going to figure out the, the when is the jig going to be up right when are they going to figure out that he's not in the stagecoach yeah are they going to be able to make it back in time I was surprised that they actually showed them getting to the stagecoach mm-hmm. it was a great scene don't yeah. don't get me wrong that guy burning that guy in the stagecoach was horrifying and amazing sure um but I felt like it it took the tension of that away right like I almost would have rather not seen that and been wondering about that all the way up until we got to the town and they man, roll in man i whew, because i think if you if you did it that way you might be wondering unless they just dispensed with the decoy you might be wondering like when exactly did did they find it and like when they just show up it's like I, I thought it worked well to show tension because it's like it, it does these guys are riding the opposite way yeah um but you know they're a lot seemed like they were faster. They finally caught up with the thing, and then you see them like riding across the plain toward the mountain that these guys are on. So it's like it gives you the tension that like this is going to come down to the wire, and it did. Yeah, it did. Like if those guys were an minutes, hour right? later than they had yeah. showed up, then it the the whole plan wouldn't have worked, and it would have just been walking him on the train, and that's that. Yeah, I don't I don't have a huge problem with it, but the weird thing was. They said, oh, we're X amount of hours away. There, there's almost no way we can get there in time. We're going to have to kill our horses. And there's this weird cut where you kind of see a group of horses and men riding toward toward our group of people going to the train. Yeah. Like, like they're already there. Mm. Like they're real close. And that didn't make any sense to me. Are you, I, talking about, are you talking about the scene I was talking about where they're on top of like a bluff or a mountain and these yeah. guys... I th- thought that was weird too, but then I'm thinking, okay, like riding across the open plains is the easy part. Getting up that bluff slash cliff slash mountain might take a whole day. Really? So even so you though just think they were yeah. close enough to see them, but yeah, like if say, say they're in, I, huh. I this like Arizona supposedly this part is mountainous, so like if they're five yeah. six thousand feet above that plain, that's a, that's a so. hell of a, a of a trail to ride, and you, the other guys are going downhill, so like yeah. It bothered me, but then I realized they're way up high, and I'm like, okay, I, I would buy that. Yeah, riding across the plain is, you know, that's 45 minutes. Okay. Getting up the mountain and then down the other <laughs> side is going to be... I have very little experience traversing mountains. On so. horseback. Sure. Yeah, very little. Um, the other thing I was thinking about as I was watching this is what kind of women end up in these frontier towns? Mostly widows, right? It's got to be mostly widows. Like, they're dangerous places. Their husbands are probably killed all the time. They're, they're widows and they're daughters of the horrible men that live there. 
Yeah, I don't want to think too much about it because I bet there's a lot of like what we'd call human trafficking going on. Probably so. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, girls, we need talent to work in our, bur-, you know, like a, if if you want to, yeah, fortune and opportunity. Yeah, we we've, we've got we've got actor because we also know there was traveling actor troops that went to these different shows and they like put on legitimate stuff and that's along the burlesque and the girls might think yeah. they're settling, you know, but once they get away from the coast, uh. Then it's like, well, now you're going to serve at this whorehouse and you'll get a busted lip if you don't. It's like, uh, you know, yeah, right out of that town. Jesus. Yeah, it's it it seemed like it was pretty. um, I don't know that it's weird because this movie kind of I felt like that the whores looked glamorous. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, Ben Wade, the worst of the worst is going to ride in and want to draw you like, you know, Jack's French girls from Titanic. That's the worst that's going to happen. But. I've yeah, seen Deadwood I, too, and I know <laughs> I, I've seen Unforgiven. I know sure. what what shit, what bad men get up to. It's yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it, in places without law and order, it tends to be the women and children uh, that, that that suffer the most. The ones that that uh, can't protect themselves. Tell me what you think of Kevin Durand. Who is Kevin Durand? He's the enforcer for the train company. Huh. Uh, he's, he's the toothy one. The toothy one, the Cheshire cat guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Now I'm not not now we're talking about. Uh, that dude has got a supremely punchable face, and I yeah. last time I saw him, he was like the Russian exterminator from uh, what was it? Str- the, the strain. strain. Yep. And he's got like he doesn't look like he's aged a <laughs> day, but he's got this like kind of bloated face, but sturdy. It looks like, like he, he just got out of a boxing match, right? Well, but he's got this combination. It's, it's a bloated face, but it's also kind of fine-boned, but it's also kind of <laughs> sturdy. So, like, okay. if it was just bloated and fine-boned, I wouldn't want to punch him. I'm like, I'm going to destroy. <laughs> but it looks like he also could take a couple punches, uh-huh. and maybe you could do some improvement to that look. So I, there's something about that guy who... You just want to punch. Yeah. The way he carries himself. He's a sack of shit. And his his attitude in this. Yeah. You want to punch him. I've kind of never seen him not play a sack of shit either. Hmm. I wonder if there is a heroic role that he's he's had. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look through his, his IMDb Because like, he just sneers his way through this film. Oh, yeah. And then he gets knifed in the neck for it. Sure. But that's the thing. Like, you know... Um, I don't understand the math that goes into antagonizing a really, really bad dude when you're trying to bring him to justice. Just don't fall asleep. Yeah. Don't fall asleep, man. Like, I don't know. It's like there's a certain class of criminal that that's that's cowed by that kind of behavior. And then there's others that are like, you know, once you've killed a few men, I don't think that you just screaming in someone's face or talking about how you're going to kill him real good is going to even get their pulse raised. And like, those are the guys you don't really want to give give any excuse to go into beast mode. Sure. And this guy fucking wouldn't stop singing his, like, you're going to hang it uh, at dawn song, <laughs> and he got shivved. He got uh-huh. shivved in the middle of the night. Apparently fell asleep, too. So not only did he, yeah. br- you know, did, did he... Put so, everyone in danger. Not only that- did he reap the whirlwind, but he also <laughs> did it by being really shitty at the one job he had, which is stay awake. Yep. I don't and get he's it. threatening everybody. He's threatening Dan through that. He's like, We're sure. gonna get you. You're not gonna be able to pay your bills. Yeah, right. He's just he everybody hates him. A lot of railroad on railroad violence on here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a railroad executive who's kind of overseeing the operation. He's a super coward, and he got in a fight with the railroad, I guess, slave master. I don't know what you call that. 
the yeah. that because that was also At kind the, of interesting the how pass. they showed like these Chinese work camps, yeah, where you had men, women, and children, and they're just kind of like that's what they did. Their whole life was building this fucking railroad, sure, and they were kind of bad men and been or uh, Wade, yeah, Ben Wade had killed one of their brothers, and they were going to kill him. Yeah, and they had to abduct. The crim- they had to abduct the man they had in custody from these guys and shoot their way out of the camp. It's so weird. It's like, how many different sides can you be on? Yeah. It's like, there wasn't like good guys and bad guys. There was like three goodish guys versus two baddish guys and one guy who will switch sides depending on who's paying him. Uh huh. Yeah, a lot, that's of, a lot of different for you. factions in that. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about after we've talked about all the killing the Wade has done, he killed. Tooth chest gyre, tooth guy. Uh, wh- what do you feel about the ethics of getting Ben Wade to this train versus just putting him down? He's got so the scenario is you get him to this train, he's going to be taken into custody and hanged. Yeah. Dan has seen him kill multiple people in person. Yeah. Do you think he'd be justified in just putting him down? I know circumstances are that he he really can't. He needs the money, all this stuff. No, what, sure. What do you I think mean, about that? I that's something I've been asking you and I both. Um, kind of, uh, you, I had a head start on you, but we both uh, binged Narcos this weekend. Yeah, the film about, or not the film, the Netflix series about Pablo Escobar and this Colombian drug lord situation. Mm-hmm. That's something that I kept asking myself throughout the season. It's like, why don't they just fucking kill Pablo? Well, they they ask it too, right? Like they, you know, the idea of bad men at the gates, that sort of thing is in there. Yeah. And I'm like, there is a premium. I guess that's that's the point. Like, you know, going back to Batman versus Joker, reason Batman doesn't kill the Joker is because it's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Like if I kill this man who I am morally certain needs to be killed. Yeah. Then the next guy, I'm 97 percent sure I kill, and then it's a, and then uh-huh. I'm already kind of crazy. So like, if you have this lawless place, the only moral authority you can have is is your code of justice. And if you throw it out the window whenever it's expedient, then how many years do you do that before you end up as a Ben Wade? Well, I guess it's a question of whether you think that that's throwing it out the window. I think bringing justice on this man by killing him is a fine thing to do. That is justice. But these guys were... Like, if if maybe you had heard that he had killed some people or you weren't quite sure about it and you killed him, but that's I, the thing, I don't like, think none that's None of these justice. people were empowered to do that. They were bounty hunters at best. Uh-huh. They weren't, like, until the end of the movie when they get deputized by the marshal, and even then, that's kind of like, I don't... That seemed kind of a quasi-legal thing, too. <laughs> Uh, they they don't have the more they don't have the authority to execute somebody. I mean, they could obviously, but then they're an outlaw. That that may be true, but I don't think it makes it morally reprehensible. Or it's the same thing, like you know, if you catch a terrorist on foreign soil, why drag them back to the country and give them a trial? Like if you literally catch them on the battlefield, um, mm-hmm. you know, why do that instead of put a bullet in their head or like what we do, which is infinitely detain them. Yeah, it's on another for in another foreign country. I mean, it's super easy to say that in a movie where they show you the guy killing many innocent people for yeah. no reason, yeah, um, and just causing bloodshed everywhere. It's very easy to say, yeah, just kill him. I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's why, like, you're, you're essentially asking the question: Is why is vigilantism wrong? 
Like no, uh, but within this movie, right? Like the context that it's in is important. Well, but it, it really that context is only for those dudes that are intimately aware of Wade's. Yes. Like, like if sure. So, if like, I'm if you, Dan, and so I if you see tell him, if if you pass rules, like, okay, if you see a man kill another man, just kill him. And as long as you no, say no, no, that no, you no. saw him kill another man, then you're you're good to go. That can be easily abused. Of course it can. Of course it can. I didn't shoot can. this guy because he That's slept not... with my wife. I saw him shoot somebody. No, you can't see either body. Uh, obviously, that's easily abused. I'm talking about th- you've got plenty of people witnessing this stuff. You've got a guy who's killing people for reasons that we know are entirely unjustified. Yeah. Uh, that's where I, I start but to But isn't say, the process impar- important? Like, if all that's true, I then drag so. him to a judge and have him hung. Now, that's, I guess, the other thing. Like, I don't know about the West. Like, maybe this is so much of a frontier town that you didn't have any judge. Like, the nearest judge was in Yuma. And I mean, he, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. So, they just don't have the means like to judge got, this Like, they got marshals and whatnot, and I thought marshals... Like, I thought that's a federally appointed position that, you know, that maybe they could dispense some justice or something. I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough how, about how that works, but I guess it's like, yeah, like, unless you actually go through a court of law that has a prescribed rule. Now, you know, like, in these Western territories, maybe they could do that. Like, you could swear in a guy who had, like, a judge dread power. He was judged. That's at least a process. But if you don't have that process. But it feels that, like it's going to be a Cardassian court, right? Like, You've already been convicted. We've already sentenced you. Now sure. we're just here to show you why you're a bad man and then kill you. But it's like, still a process. You can't just do it and, and not it, not be documented. It, I, it's a yeah. formality, certainly. Well, I mean, the, the more notorious you are, the bigger the the more of a formality it is. But it's still sure, important. Yeah. I guess there's a lot of people, and I guess I'd be included in that, to say it's still important. Because then you've got a situation where Ben... Uh, or this Dan, this farmer, one-legged farmer, the Pinkerton guy, and the railroad employee can then just say, this other guy who we want to land was also part of Wade's group. He's the lone survivor. We're going to kill him. Trust us. Trust us. He was just as bad. Sure. There, there are a lot a of process, for that. Without a process and, and a f- legal rubric and a mantle of authority, you just got – it's just outlaws shooting outlaws. And I think that's the charm of the Wild West, because essentially in a way, yeah. everyone living out there was an outlaw, literally outside the protection of the law. So what was good? Yeah. What was bad? And see, I don't think any of the stuff that I'm saying applies to current modern day. Yeah. I think, yeah, you need the rule of law to keep people in line, period. But watching but Narcos, in the Wild West, it's pretty easy to, to say, yeah, this guy deserves it. That's justice. Yeah. Kill him. But watching this show and Narcos, like... Uh, is kind of shocking to modern s- sensibility because you start thinking like, what would happen if you know we were transporting a wanted criminal down the interstate highway system and twenty dudes with Humvees pulled up, shot the thing, and then abducted him and flew and 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 crossed the border into Mexico? Yeah, like we lose our fucking minds. <laughs> what would happen if like the Supreme Court got blown? Up. What would happen if uh you know Avon Barksdale? Yeah. took over the Supreme Court, burnt it to the ground, and killed half of the Supreme Court justices. We'd lose our fucking mind. Yeah. And yeah. this is happening in places the earth and, uh, you know, the sun sun keeps uh, rising and setting. So yep. uh, 120 years ago, that's kind of the situation we were in in, this, in, in large swaths of this country. And sure. sun kept rising and setting. It's crazy, crazy thing to think about. Yeah, and I think for me that's what's kind of appealing about the westerns is it 
it is a more lawless thing. You know, it's not like I want to go out and kill a bunch of people, but I think it's interesting to see what the implications of that are. Because we didn't live through that time, right? Yeah. Growing up in the 80s, it's like, you know, there are cameras everywhere now. There's You're constantly being tracked. Like, a renegade gang of dudes couldn't get away with that stuff in modern day. But to see that that fantasy played out in Mm. in the the olden times is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and plus it's like, it allows really sharp because right now you see a person be mugged and the smart play is to give the guy your money and, or if you see it to like Mm, call the police and let someone else take care of the problem where you take a good, you put and that's like what a good man would do, right? Yeah. You take that man and you put him in, you know, Bogota or you put him in Dodge city Mm -hmm. and you put the same moral conundrum. And suddenly there is like, uh, inaction is literally letting evil win. And, and the stakes are more real too, right? Yeah. Like I might have to have that money or I'm going to starve the next week. Yeah. yeah. My family's going to die. Sure. Like, and also it's like, if I call the police, I'm not going to get gunned down later that night by the bad guys who are pissed that I narked on them. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> in the old West, you, in the you old might. West, that's like, and that's, that's not even true of, of everywhere in this country right now. Like, sure. you know, if, if the wire is to be believed. So, um, I don't know. Those I think this the what's cool about the westerns is they ask a lot of questions about morals and ethics and justice. Yeah. Um but there's also just a lot of like, you know, fantasy power tripping too. Sure, sure. But I think you know, it's a different different era, a different uh set of rules and I think you can you can apply justice differently there. Yeah. In that time and place. Yeah, it is um it is kind of like science fiction that 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 you had this weird thing where there was like uh, foreign powers occupying parts of the country, and as far as <laughs> you know, the Spanish uh-huh. and the French, and then the the Native Americans, and you were constantly <laughs> which sounds horrible to call them a foreign power. That they were. I mean, for all intents and purposes, as far as America, as far as the the settlers were concerned, yeah. Well, where were the foreign? Yeah, I mean. The the I home mean, technically, team, yes, the home team the got fucked. Power. The home team got fucked Absolutely. by everybody. Yes, uh, but it's it's it is weird though that because their dynamic is completely missing now. Yeah, and and we're a better place for it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. have to worry that I'm going to be gunned down in the streets tomorrow. No, that but there's there's uh, anesthetic. I don't have to if I get That's shot. I don't, I don't get a I don't get a At bullet dug give, out of me with a pair of rusty pliers give by the a guy veterinarian. Whiskey, man. I don't think he wanted it. Ah, oh, give him something. Yeah, you know, I just read an article online about that anesthetic was a controversy when it was first created. And you know who won the biggest opposition to it was? Clergy. I, I was that would have been my first guess, yeah. Because they thought there there's a this school of thought, you know, again, America's roots as a puritan uh, from from the puritans is there's this concept of necessary pain. And that if you well, didn't go, that's th- not the reason I would have guessed. And but if you okay. didn't go through, you know, like like these uh, uh, and women taking anesthetic for childbirth is thwarting God's original plan. Like, no, no, He put this child pain in you as part of your punishment, Eve. You know, He also put you anesthetic can't... on the planet. So fuck <laughs> off. Indeed, indeed. But Ugh. yeah, there was that. That was one. The, a lot of the doctors thought it was uh, going to lead to sloppy surgeons because back in the day, <laughs> how good you are is literally how fast can you whip off a leg? 
Yeah. You whip off a leg in 10 seconds, you're the fucking man. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you have to be quick because you don't want blood to be lost. You don't want infection. And the the doctors were like, well, you're just going to have, you know, you can take all the time you fucking want. Uh-huh. That's no way to operate. You're going to, and, and you had the, <laughs> the religious folks saying that the people need to suffer or else they're not going to learn anything. It's, it's subverting God's pl- original plan. It It's, yeah, pretty, yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to live there. You know the other people who are really dumb in this whole scenario? What's that? The town folk at contention. Why? What the fuck? Oh, yeah, They're yeah, yeah, going to yeah. offer you 200 bucks, and when the lawmen come down, they're going to gun them down in the street after they put their weapons on the ground, and you really think you're going to get that $200? Well, in the words, come on. words of Alan Tudyk, uh, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Because, yeah, <laughs> like... Uh, and I, and totally. In one of the trivias I, I, I read, I guess that was a late thing that happened in the movie that originally the lawmen were going to go down there and just be let go okay but then the director was talking to the the, the guy oh well, i guess it would be i wouldn't be leonard elmore but there was this question about like okay well what happens to these lawmen when they see this soul city getting shot up so they're like yeah, we'll just yeah. gun him down but it did made it weird that like it did as soon as they gunned down the lawmen after they promised them safe passage if i'm those guys wanting two hundred dollars i get the fuck out of there yep because then five yep. minutes later they get all gunned down. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. There's also really something really cool. Um, this is a, a, according to the trivia article. There are exactly 10 minutes of screen time elapse between the cl- the town's clock striking 3 o'clock and the train arriving. Oh, nice. So That's I thought that time. was, yeah, 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 real time 24 style. That's cool. But, you know, the reason to watch this film is Christian Bale and Spartacus. Yeah. And that final action scene <laughs> is really, really good. It well, I mean, all of the action, uh, like when he turns all around, the action scenes are good. Th- they are, they are. But I mean, there, there's really a a weight to that final one when he turns around and kills Ben Foster. Yeah, like you can see it in his face. Man, that face. Yeah, that fucking face on Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, he looks down at Dan. He turns to Charlie, Charlie Prince. Prince and just hatred. Yeah. Just absolute malevolence in his eyes and he guns them all down the other thing i thought was cool is like you know in the second half of this fight the the chase they're going through like buildings that are unfinished yeah and being constructed that is because they they actually intended to fully build out that town and have a running gun battle but they ran out of time (laughs) and money so like fuck it we'll just rewrite it to where you're you're going through the frames of buildings that have yet to be constructed and i thought it looked really cool that is cool I think it actually was better than if they ran through a finished town. It made it seem more authentically Wild West. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a town on the rise. Of course right? they're building shit. And it gave some variety to the scene as well. So. What was their hometown, Bigsby? I think so. But that yeah. town, like, in comparison... It's not even a town. Yeah, it's like a couple of uh, wooden crates someone nailed together and put some prostitutes there. And, like, you could buy a shovel <laughs> over a here. barber shop. Yeah, this is it. this is where you get your barn burning supplies. Uh, it felt very kind I mean, of tombstone. All you really need in the old west to have a town is a saloon, right? Yeah, no, it felt I mean, technically the, the original town felt very Deadwood. Okay, but uh, I need to watch that. Yeah, contention seemed like a I don't know like a, I I don't know my southwestern uh my southwestern geography either. But mm-hmm. there's something okay. wild west as fuck about a town called Contention. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, going to a city called pugilism or something. Like it's just <laughs> gonna be a bunch of fighting, cussing, drunk mm-hmm. dudes, uh, raising hell. What else we got to say about this? Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, it's 
It's a great movie. I'd it's a great it. thing. It's like I was worried that we'd not have enough to say about it because it is a great movie. It's got awesome performances, and but there is not other than our history of westerns, which is scant, and some philosophical discussion about justice. There's not a lot to say, but it yeah. is an excellent movie. I'm glad I saw it. It actually me makes me. There's a couple others that I looked up, like the you know the greatest modern westerns, and see if I could find. Uh, a list of them. And I found this article that had like the top 11 and I'd seen most of them. Um, and I was pretty, pretty happy about that. But like, so they got unforgiven. Uh, Django's in there. The homesman with Tommy Lee Jones, who hmm. he must look like, <laughs> uh, a, car, a carved potato head, 2014. Holy shit. Yeah. He's like the crypt keeper. He's got the Grand Canyons running across his face, man. True grit. I've seen the assassination of Jesse James by a coward Robert Ford is I've heard a lot of good things. It came out in 2007. I remember it in the best of year for the, the discussion, the best film of the year discussions. There was a lot of comparison of this and 310 to Yuma. Hmm. Um, but I got to see that one. And um, I don't know. The others are like a bunch of indie stuff that I've never, ever heard of, like the Rover. Uh, Lone Star, uh, Dances with Wolves. Oh shit! Um, That's a western. All right. Uh Maverick. Have you seen Maverick? Oh yeah, Maverick. <laughs> Talking about Maverick. a Mel Gibson western. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, Dances with Wolves. Of course, it's a western. It's just more of a romantic I seen, western. I haven't seen that. Hmm. Well, you've got like, I, I feel like there's there's the there's the almost a romantic Harlequin type western. Yeah, and then there's like more of the True Grit burly men's western and i that's the kind of western that i kind of uh associate with yeah and tombstone kind of tries to straddle because there's like a romance in that too but that's the part that like who gives a shit uh i don't <laughs> for care you, i don't care who wyatt then. earp ends up with yeah. whether it's the actress or his drug addicted wife i don't give a shit or a bullet or a bullet sure he can shack up with doc holiday as far as i'm concerned <laughs> uh that's it uh thank right. you once again andrew for uh, commissioning yet another podcast. Uh, he's already he's already got another in the hopper. We just got it like last week or the week before. The commissioner keeping us busy. Empire Strikes Back. Sweet, can't go wrong. Yeah, I think I'll have a little bit to say about that. Probably. Uh, but if you'd like to find out how you can commission your very own podcast, make us talk about uh, two-ish hours of whatever your favorite entertainment is. It could be a couple episodes of television. Uh, it could be a movie. Maybe we've seen it. Maybe we have it. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. You can do that at baldmove.com slash shop. Click on the big wheel, the big the the big film canister, and it'll, t- it'll tell you all about it. Uh, but thanks again, Andrew. And until next time, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.